the son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to a short study and update we're doing for June 13th, 2012. This should probably just be a one-part teaching. It's only a six-page PDF, but it will be posted like we normally do with uh, uh, normal teachings that we do. Uh, working on the next one that we're doing, um, but I, I received some information I've been looking into some subjects in the last week, and I kind of wanted to get up a study right away. Uh, we're going to be covering a, a few different subjects, some mainly just focusing in on these subjects, which are uh, upcoming occult events. Uh, really, would really uh, be the things that would affect anyone that's in the occult, anyone that's in. Luciferianism, Satanism, Paganism, you name it. There's going to be a lot of uh, upcoming things that I wanted to cover, and if I wait to cover them, the time's going to be gone, and and um, as far as praying and fasting, it, it will be uh, too late regarding those events. So I just really felt convicted to get the study up now, and then uh, work on the main study for the next teaching. We're going to be looking a little bit at the occult calendar and how that relates to satanic sacrifices and the uh, people that go missing. Just in America, I don't really have a lot of other countries to um, compare to, but all of the uh, hundreds of thousands of people missing every year in America that are never found. And then we're going to segue into a question I got on fasting and then a a proposal request I received uh, yesterday from a listener that was pretty much confirmation. I was kind of, I was thinking about doing this anyway, but um, regarding a three-day, what they call Esther fast, starting this Saturday night, June 16th. And again, that's why I really felt like I had to get this teaching up, try to have this teaching up. It's Wednesday um, right now. I'm going to try to get this teaching up tonight, and that way it will at least give, you know, a few-day period heads up for people to uh, be able to do this if, if they so choose to do that. So I'm not going to really cover that until the end, though. And once we cover the information, you'll, you'll kind of understand why uh, we're proposing uh, this three-day fast. So, upcoming occult events. Now, this is not by any means exhaustive. Some of the things were sent to me by listeners... Some of the information I already had. We're just going to be hitting kind of the high points, the major events coming up. Um, that you know, one could either pray and fast about, and those types of things. On June seventeenth through the twenty fourth, there's going to be a pagan spirit gathering at Earlville, Illinois, in the United States. Uh, pagan spirit gathering is one of the largest and oldest pagan gatherings in the United States, with a special focus on nature, spirituality. This invites pagans, Wiccans, which would be considered, they would call themselves white witches, Wiccans, uh, Druids, eco-feminists, pantheists, shamans, and nature mystics for a week of rituals, 
workshops, lectures, ceremonies, concerts, and social networking events. Now, obviously, and this is the main thing we're going to be covering, the summer solstice is coming up. And this is really the main reason for the fast that uh, I'm proposing, because the summer solstice is a, um, a major, major pagan, occultic, Luciferian, satanic event on their calendar every year. And um, it's no accident that this pagan spirit gathering, where who knows how many witches, warlocks, whatever you want to call them, these people, come together and, uh, I mean, they, they self-admit on here, it's a week of rituals. Oh, it's a week of witchcraft, is what it is. And uh, they take this very seriously. There's going to be witch covens around the world that are going to be, and already are, I'm sure, coming together, praying and fasting uh, regarding working wickedness, regarding whatever they're being instructed to do by their familiar spirits, or whatever they're trying to gain regarding maybe power, knowledge, money, whatever they're trying to gain. By doing so at specific dates, they realize that there's greater power in doing it on specific dates. It, it, it's um, The pagan world in witchcraft is totally governed by astrology, uh, uh, by date setting. They do everything um, according to their pagan calendars, essentially. The moon cycles, the these types of things. And um, whether you believe that or not, whether there's any more power in doing it on those dates, for, for, from a demonic standpoint... It is, it, there's more power in doing it on these dates. Uh, obviously, that's hard to fully comprehend, the full comprehension of that, but they're just not doing it for show. They're doing it because there is a satanic benefit to them by doing it on these particular dates. And certain dates are more important to them than others. And the summer solstice is a real big one. So... Uh, then also what's what's coming up, June 20th through 22nd also would encompass the summer solstice. The Rio Plus 20 United Nations Conference on Sustainable Development in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. This is one of the most important globalist events for 2012. Drawing from the success and shortcomings of the first Rio Earth Summit in 1992, the 20th anniversary anniversary will bring world leaders to the table in the quest for a system of global governance through environmental management. In other words, take all the land away, say Mother Guy is grieved, keep taking more and more land away until they have us all herded into their little corridors, and the, the maps are already out there of, of what they would like to have, where everybody is in, literally herded together in big cities where they can control everyone. And that's the main reason they're doing it. They're not doing it because Mother Guy is grieved. They're doing it because they realize that in the city, in the cities, they're much easier to control large populations. And um, all of the wickedness that goes on in the cities, they, they just want to keep that, that dynamic going. So... Uh, that's going on as well in this time frame, June June 20th through 22nd in that. Uh, and then it goes on to say, this may be sold to the public under the guise of developing new foundations for the future. 
in other words, at this UN Conference for Sustainable Development. Whenever you hear that word sustainable, it's like a buzzword for, uh, well, depopulation. Uh, usually that always goes along with some United Nations agenda where they're going to strip you of your rights, they're going to strip you of your land, they're going to strip you of your your personal liberties and these types of things. So, uh, some other upcoming occult dates we've already mentioned, the summer solstice, which is the longest day of the year in a given year. It's when the sun reaches its northernmost point in its journey across the sky. This particular year, the summer solstice is at uh, June... 20th, 2012, which is next uh, Wednesday, I believe. I believe it's next Wednesday. Or maybe, let me just look real quick. Yeah, next Wednesday. It's the day summer begins. And um, it's at 7.09 p.m. EDT, which is Eastern Daylight Time. So that's the actual exact... I, I believe apex of the summer solstice, um, uh, 7.09 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, it's described as high-level occult to celebrate it as a feast day. It's also known as Lithia from an occult standpoint. And they celebrate it with orgies and female uh, human blood uh, offerings. And it uh, is also one of the Illuminati's human nights of uh, sacrifice. More specifically, and preferably, the sacrificing of a newborn infant. And that's how they practice their religion. A lot of people go to church on Sundays, and maybe Wednesday nights, and maybe Sunday nights, and they they kind of do their thing. Well, this is how high-level occultists, Luciferians, Satanists, pagans, this is how they celebrate their religion. And their god, Satan requires these things in order to supposedly be appeased. And a big reason Satan requires these things is obviously, yes, he loves debauchery and evil and and defiling innocence and, you know, these types of things. But he also knows it's defiling the land. The blood of the innocents defiles the land, which begets more evil, which begets more demons, which gives devils and demons and fallen angels more ground to take over our plane of existence, essentially. To have more influence in our plane of existence. And this is why they're doing this. So, another thing that's coming up is 4th of July, America's Independence Day. It's 13 days after Lithia. See, all of our holidays are essentially on a witchcraft calendar. Um, Other than, I think, Thanksgiving, pretty much all of them coincide into some type of witchcraft um, paradigm. So, 13 days, 13 number of rebellion, uh, America's Independence Day, 4th of July, is 13 days after Lithia. A lot of times it will fall on the 21st. Okay? Um, The summer solstice. It's either the 20th or the 21st uh, of every year. And it's 66 days from April 30th, which was I, I know I'm going to butcher this name. Walpurgisnacht. Walpurgisnacht. Okay. Uh, or Rudmas Day. It's it's also known as Beltane Eve. Beltane is actually the first of, of um, 
of um, May. And that, that's one of a, a very, very high, sa- high satanic holiday. But it's, it's 66, again, another occultic number. It's 66 days, 4th of July, from Rude Moss Day or Beltane Eve. It's often celebrated with a festival. Um, now, this is actually Beltane Eve. Uh, celebrated with a festival that includes bonfires. Now, that word bonfires actually comes from, it was derived from the word bone fires. The bonfires that were originally talked about were when the Druids um, would burn human bodies, would, would human sacrifice, um, particularly on All Hallows' Eve or the Halloween, which is considered Satan's birthday, essentially. I've done a whole study on this that I give you the link for. And they were called bonfires because they were burning people alive in the fires. So that's where we get the word bonfire from. Um, and it includes bonfires, fertility rites, which is basically like just wild orgies. Um, and greatest, it's the greatest witch's sabbat or um, sabbat. It's like their version of a sabbath. Okay, Gr- Greatest witch's sabbat, animal or human sacrifice is required. Um, for those, you know, obviously this is an entry-level witchcraft we're dealing with here, but at the higher levels, animal or human sacrifice is required. Satan is a cruel taskmaster, and and he requires um, a whole lot to appease him, and it'll never be enough, but, and then on July, I'm just kind of giving you some of these other holidays, I should say, just to kind of give you an idea of, like, between now and the end of July, what would be coming up on the the occult calendar. Now, I also give you the whole calendar that we're going to be looking at briefly here in a second, where you can look at that as well. Um, but just kind of giving you an overview of the next couple months. So, July 19th is also um, uh, a date that they note. Um, it's 13 days before Lugnasa. And any, any they, they do everything by 13s, typically. Okay, so that's, it's from an occult standpoint, it's noteworthy. And then we have July 31st through August 1st, which is Lugnasa, which is what we just mentioned, which is also called a Great Sabbat Festival. It's one of the Illuminati's also Nights of Human Sacrifice. So, these are some things coming up. Most notably, and most pressing right now, is the Summer Solstice coming up here. Which, again... Um, Orgies, female, human blood offering, human night of sacrifice, preferably a newborn infant. This is how they celebrate their debauched, sick, disgusting, twisted, perverted, satanic religion. And the Bible says, Woe to those that call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Because these, these people actually think they're wise and prudent in their own sight. And they're so demonically deluded and blinded, you know, they, they call evil good and good evil. And so, as the Bible says in Psalm 12, verse 8, the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Well, we have the most vile men and women on the planet being exalted now, whether you go to Hollywood, whether you go to our current president or many of the other high politicians and presidents and people like this around the globe, well, when you have the vilest men being exalted, the wicked are going to walk on every side. So, 
this is the fruit of all of this. And so that's why I'm doing the study, to expose this and to combat it with, well, the way the Bible instructs us. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. Now, the occult calendar, and I I realize I covered this last week, but I'm just going to kind of get into this again a little bit because it does relate to what we're talking about today. Um, This is a list of satanic sacrificial days which are accurate. Now, this is the actual calendar he's in reference to that I post here. The other thing I kind of covered last week, or a couple weeks ago, the following missing person estimates are from the Kyle Fleshman Foundation. 2,300 people, American people, are reported missing on a daily basis. Human trafficking is very real and huge activity worldwide. Among other uses, trafficked people are a pool of victims for the selection of occult human sacrifices. Marianne, I guess the person he's working with, estimated tens of thousands of sacrifices occur routinely occur worldwide on the dates on the calendar listed below, which you I'm listing this on the PDF that were um, for... June 13, 2012, at contendingfortruth.com. Best advice to the public is to know where your pets and children are at all times. Enforcement agencies in the U.S. alone uh, estimate there were 814,957 people that were registered missing in 2007. As of December 1, 2007, only 105, 229 missing person cases were considered active. In 2007, only 15.8% of the missing persons were, registra- were registered, were classified as located. So, out of um, 814,000 plus people, by 2007, of those, only 15.8% were actually considered located. Now, I'm sure there were some small percentages that trickled in after that. But let's face it, I mean, you can watch any kind of crime show and they, you know, they've got those ones like the first 48. If they don't find them in the first 48 hours, the likelihood of finding them goes down and down and down and down every single day. So, if you haven't found them in the first 48, it's not like you're gonna, your odds are going to improve as time goes by. You might find their body, maybe, but they'll be dead still. Um, and of those active cases, um, 52% were juveniles, 11% were considered young adults between 18 and 20. 55% of the missing adults are men. Of those 55%, 40% of them are white, 30% are African American, and 20% Latino. Only in October of 2001 were adults made inclusive of the National Missing Children's Organization National Clearinghouse Database for Missing People. This is called Kirsten's Law. Kirsten was also a Charlotte, North Carolina native. Um, Little legislation since Kirsten's Law has been initiated by the government to address the growing problem of missing adults, cases in our country. No new laws have been enacted and little federal support has been given. The satanic holiday dates that we're going to get into now, and I'm just going to be covering some because there's just way too many to try to cover. Um, they change annually according to, regu- to the regular calendar and differ from cult to cult. So this isn't like set in stone every single day for every single cult. And according to astrology, things are going to change anyway, like the date of Easter or Ishtar, which is determined through astrology. So bear that in mind as we go over some of these. 
Okay, so just uh, it's you know it starts at January first, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, it's, uh, considered a Druid feast day. Um, January seventh, Saint Wineball Day. It's a animal or human sacrifice and dismemberment. Uh, it's a blood sacrifice. The age of the sacrifice is male, if it's human. I guess it can be an animal. Um, then January 17th, this is called Satanic Revels. It's a sexual type of uh, occult ceremony. Evidently, they use ages 7 to 17 female for that particular ceremony. And then the January, Jan, and this is a good example of the missing persons type of thing. January 20th to 27th is abduction, ceremonial preparation, and the holding of the sacrificial victims for candle mass, which is on February 2nd. And um, so this is the this is the preparatory time for that particular for that particular thing to happen there. So like um, let me just look at that date that falls on a uh, Because I thought that might have been Groundhog's Day. Groundhog Day. Um, anyway. Uh, this is from January 20th to 27th. Uh, they're preparing for human sacrifice. Uh, female or child any age. That's what they're trying to abduct. So, I mean, these are the things that they go out, like I said last week, and they have, like, you know, the van with the black, with the windows blacked out, and not to say that's always going to be the way it's going to go down, but that's one of the ways, and they might have a child in the front seat with them to make you feel at ease, or or maybe have a woman driving with a child, and then in the back, they've got, you know, a group of people back there waiting to, you know, hit you with the knockout drugs and the, you know, the duct tape and the blindfolds. Uh, so, Candle Mass, which is uh, actually on February 2nd, is, as well as, it's called Satanic Revels. Again, it's animal and human sacrifice. And again, the preparatory time is January 20th to the 27th. Okay, so then, um, so yes, that is Groundhog's Day. I just looked that up. So, they call it Candle Mass. Um, again, and they're sacrificing humans and animals on... Groundhog Day, and you know we think of like this cute little holiday, and it's it's not, it's it's not at all. February twenty sixth is known as, or February twenty fifth is known as Saint Walpurg's Day. Um, it's it's a blood sacrifice, communion, blood and dismemberment sacrifices of, uh, of any age, evidently of any person, male or female. Uh, then we've got, and I'm skipping some things here, March 20th, which is the spring equinox, which is a major fertility sabbat, um, and during that they have orgies, and between any age, male, female, human, or animal, so anything goes pretty much during these fertility, uh, festivals, I mean, this is just, this is how they practice their, uh, their religion here. Uh, Good Friday, and again, Good Friday doesn't have anything to do with the resurrection of Christ, but it's a Catholic holiday, and um, it's not accurate at all regarding what they're trying to say it is, and it's, you know, tied in with Ishtar, but 
Um, Good Friday is um, human sacrifice. They only sacrifice males, adult males on that particular date. Um, And then they do the same thing on Easter Eve day, on the eve of Easter or Ishtar. And I've done, again, I've done studies on all these. I give you the, the teachings I've done on Christmas, Easter, Halloween, and Valentine's Day. Um, at the end of this calendar, if you want to know more specifically about those dates. But they do, again, on, on Easter Eve, they do human sacrifice, male or female, adult, uh, on that one. And then, again, we get into a preparatory period on April 21st through 26th, which is the abduction, ceremonial preparation, and holding of the sacrificial victim for evidently, it's called the Grand Climax, from April 26th to May 1st. Um, and also the Beltane or Rudmoss Day would fall into that, which we've already discussed that in another human sacrifice. So then we get into, well, the summer solstice, which is, we've already covered that. And it goes on and on and on. I mean, it just goes like that the whole year. There's, there's one thing after another, same preparatory period for All Hallows' Eve, or Samhain is called Halloween abduction holding ceremonies starts from October 13th to 30th. So see, these would be the times you'd really want to be on the lookout for where are your pets, where are your children, these types of things, or your wife, you know, or yourself because they may try to abduct you, you know. Um, and this is the abduction holding ceremony preparation for the human sacrifice for Halloween from October 13th to the 30th, and. Um, so, the, the calendars here, you can look at that. They also do the same thing on, on, uh, on uh, Christmas Eve, uh, which is kind of tied in also with the winter solstice, which is the opposite of what we're going to be dealing with on the 20th. It's the shortest day, as far as sunlight goes, of the year. And it's when the, the winter god, I believe is the stag god, takes preeminence in this type of thing, whereas the sun god takes preeminence during the um, summer solstice. So, yeah, on Christmas Eve, there's also a blood uh, sacrifice, and they actually send each other body parts as Christmas gifts. That's how they celebrate at the higher levels. They actually send human body parts, and preferably they sacrifice an infant male. And the closer to newborn age, the better. So, this is this is how these sick devils uh, celebrate things, and um, this is how they practice their religion. So, give you all my teachings there. Then I received a question about fasting, and a couple questions from different listeners, and and um, uh, you know, I, another thing I you know I'd heard this week on an interview uh, regarding. The uh, Cherokee Castle or Kimball Castle, it's called now, I believe. Formerly Kimball, Kimball, I don't know. It's it's in Colorado. And this is a place where they, um, it's been purported where they, the highest of the highest of the high, go to sacrifice a newborn infant uh, on the uh, summer solstice. And that will be most likely the 20th, because that's technically when the summer solstice is. 
um, then I've given you the exact time and everything there before, which is on the PDF for this teaching. So you can, you can access that information. Um, but again, these are things to consider praying and fasting about. And we're going to get into that right now. So I've got a question saying, um, asking me, we, we, frequently fat, we frequently, usually one day out of the week, fast, uh, just water, no food. However, this week God uh, instructed her husband to fast, this time no water as well. It was very difficult for him. It ended up being approximately 30 hours. He started eating and drinking yesterday morning, was doing pretty well, a little tired, sore. But late last night he started getting very severe headaches. He said it was, felt like his brain was swollen, not like any headache he'd ever had. He was also very dizzy. We were hesitant of normal doctors and he doesn't want to go to the hospital, but I am scared. Can you tell me if this is normal after a fast like this? I've been online all morning, and I can't really find anything about this type of fast. Any advice you can give me will be greatly appreciated. My response. Uh, yes, this is the most radical type of fasting, which is where you go without any food or any water. In the Bible, there is an instance where a three-day, no water, no food fast is done. We're going to talk about that in a second. This is the most severe type of fasting, and as a result, probably the most powerful kind as well, regarding um, supercharging your prayers. Because typically, if you're fasting, you're praying about something. Okay, uh, I can't think of anything you could really do, you know, that would be more radical, you know, than that. I have been convicted by the Lord, and this is me talking, I've been convicted by the Lord to do this fast two or three times. I can't remember if I did it two or three times. I think it's three, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, the last time I did it, I started out with three days, no water, no food, and then I fasted with no food for four more days to make it a total of seven days of fasting. Um, that's personally the last time I did it, that's, that's the way I did it. So it was three days, no water, no food for for first three days. And then I drank water, you know, on the fourth day through the seventh, but I didn't eat any food. So I said it was tough, but I seemed to do all right with the no food, no water for the first three days. But if you did this kind of fast, you would, like a marathoner would want to do, or like somebody involved in sports, you would want to hydrate your body for a couple of days prior to starting the fast. Um, that way you are already well hydrated going prior to going on the fast. This would be very important from a physiological standpoint. Not saying God can't get you through it, I'm just saying from a physiological standpoint. Many people are dehydrated and they don't even know it as their thirst mechanism is um, really not a, a very accurate indicator of hydration because our thirst mechanisms tend to be really messed up with the uh, normal American diet. And as a result, if they start a no water, no food fast, it can really devastate them if they are already dehydrated to begin with. So again, if, if you're already dehydrated and you start a uh, even a one day or a three day no water, no food, <laughs> you're you're really you, you might be in trouble there a little bit, you know, because you're already dehydrated to begin with. So I think this is what happened to your husband. Is what I told her. Uh, have him drink at least half his body weight in ounces of purified water for two days prior to ever even trying this type of fast again. And, and really, that's pretty conservative. Half his body weight actually probably should be maybe, you know, 100 ounces. I, it would depend on what his body weight is. But half would be bare minimum. 
And um, then I said, the severe headache sounds like a dehydration headache to me. Also see the attachment. I got a, had an attachment on fasting that I sent her. So then the next question, which kind of segues into the final thing I'm covering today. Uh, next question I got is a proposal. Just got this last night. Proposal regarding an Esther fast starting Saturday night, June the 16th. Now, uh, it says, Hi, Dr. Scott. I am right now in a day three of a four-day fast. Only water, nothing else. So I'm not sure if it relates in any way to the suggestion I have, but perhaps it does. Here is my suggestion. Given the lateness of the hour and the seeming inevitable judgment of God's wrath that is soon to come upon America, it seems to me that we should call for a three-day Esther fast. And then he gives the verse in Esther, Esther 4.16a, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king. So evidently, before she went into the king, they, they all did this for three days and three nights. All the people involved, um, no food, no water. This is, this is the most hardcore, radical type of fasting that you can do for, obviously, short term. I mean, you can't do this long term. I mean, unless it would be like supernaturally done, you know. Uh, I'm just saying from a physiological standpoint. So, uh, then he goes on to say, obviously there was extra power in everyone fasting together. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Ideally, we could summon all of America to, to fast, and perhaps like Nineveh, God would repent of the evil that he had said um, that he would do unto them, and he, and he did it not, according to Jonah 3.10. But in reality, there's probably a 0% chance of getting all Americans to do an Esther fast. Yes, obviously, totally 0% chance of that. Obviously, there's, and also, there's, there's no Bible for it. The Bible says evil men and seducers shall wax, grow worse and worse. You look at all the things in the Bible, you don't see massive corporate repentance in the Bible. You know, <laughs> you see, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. I mean, things are, 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 um, from a, from a wickedness standpoint, predicted in the Bible, you know, you look at the book of Revelation, predicted to get worse, not to get better. Like, unbelievably, some church denominations teach, like they're thinking like dominionists, where they believe that things are getting better and better, and we're going to make it so wonderful that Jesus Christ will have no choice but to come back and to set up his throne on earth, and we're not going to have to go through the tribulation. I mean, it's just crazy stuff that is taught. So, um, it's just confirming the Bible. It doesn't mean we're supposed to be wicked, okay? Um, or we're not supposed to resist this wickedness through prayer and fasting and spiritual warfare. It doesn't mean we're supposed to lay down and do nothing. We're supposed to still earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Um, but uh, then he goes on to say, similarly, there is also probably no chance of getting the evangelical church to fast either. Oh, no, of course not. Of course not. But, um, they probably don't think anything's wrong. Uh, for the most part, anyway. So what's left? How about 
setting a specific date and then calling upon all of your listeners to do an Esther fast for three days. The purpose wouldn't be to have God repent of the evil he plans for America because, see, the thing is, that would have to be a corporate American thing like Nineveh. There's, I don't know, 60 to 70 million aborted babies on record. Planned Parenthood's chugging right along. The gay sodomite movement's chugging around. The pornography industry's chugging right along. We got the most wicked man on the planet in high office, you know, with our corrupt government. I mean, you could just one thing after another, after another, after another. Judgment has to come on a nation like that. You know, um, and again, I've done a whole teaching on, on imprecatory prayers and God's judgment being an actual door of hope for Christians. And you can just key in uh, Psalm 64 or uh, prayer or imprecatory in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com if you want to know more about that. But um, God has to judge that wickedness. So anyway, uh, so the purpose would, wouldn't be to have God repent of the evil he plans for America, but rather that God would give supernatural wisdom and insight to those who are able to hear his truth. His truths. Perhaps specifically, number one, before God's judgment arise. Now, I, I added a little to this. He, he had some points, and I added some to it. But he says, before God's judgment arrives, resources, so, and, and again, these are, these are prayer and fasting kind of points. Now, I want to preface this by saying the main reason I think this should be done is regarding all these like these wicked events coming up. The summer solstice, knowing what they're going to do, knowing that this is, you know, uh, sacrificing of infants, babies, these types of things around the world. This just doesn't happen in America. It happens around the world. Knowing that this is one of the main ways that, you know, their witchcraft exerts its power and literal power over masses of people. Because they're releasing devils, demons, and fallen angels to do their bidding to blind people to the truth, to keep them in bondage, to create moral depravity. I mean, how much more morally depraved can it get? I mean, with the zombie thing attacks that we've reported on and all this the garbage that's going on, and seemingly it's getting worse by the day, a lot of this is the result of mass witchcraft that has been done on a massive level for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's built to this crescendo, to what it is today. And um, we have power, though, as Christians, to come against that wickedness. And actually, our power is far greater than theirs. But we have to appropriate it and act upon it. And this is what we're talking about here. So... He goes, yeah, he goes on to say, um, okay, so, again, I prefaced it by saying that the primary reason is for that. But other things that uh, could be prayed about and fasted about, and I think this is going to ring true with a lot of people, because a lot of people are in a situation now where, I mean, even including myself to a certain standpoint, when it gets bad, and it could get bad real, real quick, what are we going to do? I mean, are we to stay put? Are we to go to a bug out location? 
is there a door that God may be trying to open that maybe isn't open because we haven't prayed or fast? Now, that's a big possibility right there. Um, those types of issues, which would encompass this. Number one, before God's judgment arrives, resources to prepare. These are points to think about, pray about. Wisdom, provision, divine providence. Um, providential, and I'll just add this in, providential pre-positioning of the body of Christ prior to it getting back. I mean, wouldn't you want to be where God wants you to be prior to it getting really bad? Maybe that's not God's plan for your life. I don't know. But I'm saying, wouldn't that be preferable to, as opposed to being caught totally unaware, off guard, and having to scramble like a chicken with your head cut off trying to get to wherever you're supposed to get to? You understand the point I'm trying to make, hopefully. Um, and again, it's not going to be cookie cutter for everyone. Everybody's not in the, the same position. Some people might already be where they need to be right now. Some people might not even be anywhere close to that point um, from that standpoint. So anyway, uh, divine providence, understanding, directing us individually to where we need to go or will be going when things get really bad. Finding other like-minded people who can support one another. That's another thing to think about. And then also point two, after judgment arrives, for wisdom, understanding, safety, shelter, food, and water, these types of basic essentials, you know, to live. These are just things to think about. And I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity to kind of address two issues that a lot of my listeners have been emailing me about. Um, both of these points, both like... divine guidance for the body of Christ prior to and during when things really get bad. And obviously the things I've been reporting on lately, you know, I never know when this might be my last broadcast. Maybe this one will be. Who knows? But obviously it could go bad real quick. And there's a myriad of reasons they could shut down the internet, if nothing else, where I would lose all communication with my listeners, and then all the other watchmen would probably most likely too. I mean, unless they were up on, like, maybe ham radio, but that's not, or, um, I mean, shortwave. But, again, you're going to to severely diminish the amount of people you, you're going to reach when it gets to that point. You might be able to reach some, but it's, not everybody's got a shortwave radio, and not everybody's going to be up to speed, or we might be in, you know the mode where, you know, the night cometh when no man can work, as Jesus talked about. So, uh, those are some things to think about. But we can actually, I believe, address both issues, the the summer solstice issue, the occult holiday issue, the mass working of witchcraft, the infant sacrifice, and then also these other issues with this three-day... Um, fast that we're talking about. Uh, he goes on to say, it seems to me, if possible, this should be expanded beyond your listener base to anyone who might want to participate. I, absolutely. Uh, I don't have a gigantic network of other ministers that I really deal a lot with. Um, because of the 501c3 corporate church issue, I've had to kind of pull my horns in regarding that. Um, but I would be more than happy to have other ministries participate in this as well. Um, 
then he goes on to say, I'm sure you know of many other pastors who might participate, including Dr. D.A. Waite, um, Mike Slattery, um, and then I can think of Sam Adams as well. Uh, on a practical note, I am sure that many of the Jews who fasted for Esther were not living in accordance with God's truth, but it appears that it still was helpful for them to participate in the fast. Yeah, well, maybe if nothing else, to get their own eyes opened. You know? Because you, you really can't go wrong with... with Praying and fasting. I mean, if, if I mean, if you're if you're sincerely seeking the truth, you know. So, uh, my response to him, and I've already kind of given you some of my response to him, but my response to him, and it, it's all here in the PDF. It says, "Yes, I really want to get this going asap, meaning as soon as possible, as the summer solstice is coming up, which is June twentieth, two thousand twelve, seven o nine p.m. Eastern Daylight Time." This is a huge time. Now, this is like a week. I'm doing this broadcast. It's, it's about a week to the day, to the not not quite to the hour from now. So I figured i got to get this up tonight as soon as possible so I can give people as much of a heads up. Of course, it's not as much, but it's, it's as much as I can give them right now because this was kind of uh, something that just came up. So... Uh, This is a huge time for human sacrifice, especially infants worldwide, and I think uh, we could kill two birds with one stone with this fast being directed towards stopping the evil plan for the 20th, and other points beyond that as well, and also the points you mentioned. Uh, Yes, this is long overdue. This is the next, this is next Wednesday, uh, 7.09, again, EDT, Eastern Daylight Time. So I think I will put up a brief announcement today, Wednesday which is what I'm doing now, with a little study on this and request everyone to start the fast, preferably Saturday night after their last meal, going until Tuesday night, which would be three days. Now, you can start it before then if you want. I think it's better if everyone were kind of doing it in the same time frame. Uh, Maybe it won't work out for you that way, but... um, then I said, if they want to start Sunday, that is fine as well. As uh, as well, it may that they would just need to start before seven or nine Eastern Daylight Time. Um, you probably want to start a little bit earlier than that. It would kind of depend on the time zones. But I mean, not to say we're dealing with an exact science here, but I'm just saying if everybody were kind of near the same time frame. Now I understand there's going to be a lot of people saying there is no way I can do that type of fast. Well. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Maybe you say, well, I'm a diabetic or this or that. Okay. Um, you pray about it and see where the Lord directs you. Maybe he'll direct you to do just a water fast. Maybe he'll direct you to do a, a juice fast. I don't know. That's between you and God. I'm not going to tell you or strong arm anybody. I'm just telling you, when he proposed, I think it's the most radical way to go after this. And let me tell you, they're, the occultists are very, very serious about what they're doing. And who knows how much damage we could do to their satanic plans by doing this. And if anything is going to infuriate Satan... This will be the thing that will do it. Because there's really nothing more powerful that we can do. I mean, I had a listener the other day tell me that he went to uh, 
the uh, Alex Jones thing at the Bilderberger. Listen, I think it's great to expose the Bilderbergers for what they're doing. I think it's wonderful. But to me, it's like that's only part of the part of the solution would actually be going there. If I were to have went there, I would have said the main reason I wanted to go is to literally be on site to pray and fast. Or maybe even fast prior to going there. Because a lot of times, you don't want to go into battle fasting. I mean, that would be kind of crazy. I mean, you you, pra- you fast prior to going into battle. I mean, if you're literally going to go onto a battle, but the last thing you want to do, and I'm, I'm talking about this kind of in a way, like if you were in a literal battle, okay, you're not going to want to go into that after you fasted for three days and then try to fight. You want to do that prior to it, you know, and, and, and then do it that way, typically. Um, there's many Bible stories that you can look at where the, the troops fainted because they hadn't eaten, that type of thing. That's what I'm, the point I'm trying to make there. But he said that he went up to Alex Jones and said something to the effect that, and I'm probably butchering this, but something to the effect that you know, this is all well and good what you're doing, Alex, but this is a spiritual battle, and we need to be, you know, primarily praying the power of prayer and fasting to, to really battle this. And Alex just kind of looked at him like he was crazy and rolled his eyes or something. I mean, you know. And that was the typical reaction he got from most of the people there, you know. Which, it's insane. He, he, you know, the guy says he's a whatever... And this is his reaction, which doesn't surprise me one bit, because he doesn't understand the true battle. It's all man-centered with Alex Jones. It's all about what are we going to do. Well, it has to be through the Lord Jesus Christ, for a born-again Christian, as as a born-again Christian. You have to do it through the Lord Jesus Christ to accomplish anything. Without him, I am nothing. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me, but I can do nothing apart from him. That has to be your attitude. But that also boils down to humility as well. Because you have to understand that, that you can do nothing apart from him. And, and, and so many people in the patriot movement are thinking, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm not saying it's not good to prepare. The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. And the simple are passed on and are pushed. I'm not saying it's bad to expose evil. That's all I do all day long. I mean, with this ministry... You, you can be destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. You know, God's going to be, God is sending the strong delusion. You don't want to be in that strong delusion. Like 99 probably percent of the people that call themselves Christians are. 99 percent, or I don't know, maybe it's not quite that high, but it's a high percentage. They call themselves Christians, but they're in, they're in this delusional state. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11. So I'm, I'm all for that, okay? But let's understand how we actually have to battle this stuff. I did a teaching not too long ago where I talked about uh, Henry Groover and um, spiritual warfare and the concept of um, remitting. Um, and, and you can go back and just key in Henry or Groover, G-R-U-V-R, and you can listen to that teaching on that. And, and the, the, the prayer that I outlined there, you can print that off. And I'm not talking about rote prayers where you're just praying repetitively. I'm just saying the concepts of it all. 
to understand the concept. I laid it out biblically. So, you know, see what way the Lord guides you. Um, it, it's, it, I, I think the point is, is that we get a, as many people as possible doing some type of fasting during this time. It could only bear good fruit. It can't be a bad thing. I mean, this isn't something that I'm going to come back, you know, a week from now or two weeks and say, oh man, I really wish I wouldn't have told everybody to pray and fast about this wickedness with the satanic holidays. Boy, what a mistake that was. I mean, yeah, if I have to take a bullet in my head for it because the occultists target me, oh well, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, I don't think they're, I don't think God's going to let that happen. I, don't, I believe he's not going to. You know. But I'm telling you, <laughs> you can move mountains with prayer. And when you start to combine it with fasting, I mean, Jesus Christ even said there were certain types of demons when, when the apostles went to try to cast them out. And this is un, uh, coincidentally one of the verses that have, are eliminated from the uh, from the false Bible versions, like the NIV in them. They eliminate this whole last half of the verse when they come back to him and they say, why couldn't we cast out this devil? And he says, well, this kind, Jesus Christ said, this type of demon, this type of devil will not go out from the person but by prayer and fasting. Prayer wasn't enough. Fasting had to be combined with it. So, that was the deal. You know, regarding that. Now, I've also done, just key in fasting, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, and I, I put out a whole um, big document on fasting in the PDF to one of the teachings, I forget which one it was, and you can, if you want to know more about the concept of fasting, you can, you can, and everything's free up on contendingfortruth.com. No, I'm not charging for anything. I'm just, I just want to uh, give it away and, and hopefully help other people. And a lot of it's just me gleaning from other ministries, so I can't take credit for, for most of the stuff I put out anyway. I'm just trying to be a liaison to try to get people moving in the right direction and get them the truth that they need and to equip and arm themselves for the battle that we're in and for the ones that are to come. So, um, uh, that's pretty much all I've got for today. Uh, but again, it's long overdue. As a result of this, who knows? Who knows what the Lord may do? If we all get on the same page and get this done, whoo, man, I, I mean, I'm serious. This could be a major turning point for all of our lives. This ministry, for, I mean, who knows what the, what doors the Lord may open? Who knows what the Lord may do? I think the Lord's waiting for us to do things like this. And I've, I've been really lax about organizing something like this. It's way overdue. Um, and I mean, I had to apologize to the Lord because I'm thinking, why haven't I done this sooner? <laughs> what am I thinking? You know? Um, lazy? Uh, don't want to crucify my flesh? You know, what, what stupid excuse can I give God? You know? <laughs> So, I mean, I've only got myself to blame, but listen, the times come when, you know, enough is enough. This wickedness is just beyond anything that, you know, I've ever seen. And this is the best possible way that I can think of from a biblical standpoint that we can, we can actually literally push back and fight this biblically. And I don't mean just half cock going out trying to, 
do it under our own power. So anyway, um, I'm excited. I'm excited about this. I, th- I think that this is going to bear really, really good fruit in all of our lives, you know, and and um, the the victory that will be achieved over um, Satan's kingdom, you know. Who knows? Who knows what the Lord... My, my motto, my feeling is always like, who knows what the Lord may do today? Who knows? You know, but we do something like this, corporately, together? Man, who knows? What... I, I want to see God's name be glorified and many people get saved. That's the bottom line. And I also want to see the innocent protected from the wicked. And I mean, you know, everywhere you turn now, it's like some little innocent baby, child, whatever, are getting attacked. Or, or you know, this Sandusky trial, that devil from the pit of hell. And he goes up there and denies, you know, oh, I never did anything. He's got 52 sexual accounts of but, I mean, I mean, men now that were boys, just tons of them coming out of the woodwork saying, he made me do this, he made me do that. And, and, and this devil has the audacity to sit there and deny every single allegation like, oh, they're all just making this up to just make your life miserable, Jerry. I'm sure that there's no truth or validity to anything, and you're just a great guy. I'm, I, I, I see that, and I get so righteously indignant and infuriated over the fact that a devil like that would have the audacity to sit there like the demon-possessed pedophile that he is, and sit there and deny every single allegation and charge. You talk about no fear of God. And I just really am praying for the day when God starts to literally destroy these people in the sight of men. Not, not, I'm not talking about going out and, and anybody being half-cocked and, and doing it. Because I don't, I don't see any Bible. I don't see Jesus going around killing people, and I don't see the apostles doing that either. But when God does it, like the Bible talks about in Psalm sixty-four, but uh, regarding the wicked, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, you know. And then the fruit that that produces: all men shall see and fear, and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of His doing, of God's doing. And the righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him and all the upright in heart will glory. It always produces good fruit. God's judgment always, 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 always produces good fruit. I mean, what's the alternative? Just letting the wicked do wickedly? And, and, and are we supposed to say, well, we're just supposed to bless the wicked. We're supposed to bless the wicked in their wickedness and pray that they're able to continue to defile more little children? And, and, and to spread? No, it would be much more merciful for God to judge them in this life now to destroy them in the sight of men. I don't even mean in darkness. I mean in the sight of men. All these evil, wicked preachers that, that, that I mean, do these horrific things like Eddie Long and these types of things. You know, that pedophile Eddie Long. And then they go up there and, and they, they proclaim that guy that he's God, that he is a God. That report I did on him. And they're still living? I'm just, I'm just praying for the day that God's judgment starts to rain down on these devils. I mean, because <laughs> they have, in my eyes, they have totally forfeited their right to live. Jesus Christ said it were better, you know, for a millstone to be hung about their neck and they'd be cast into the midst of the sea 
for, and then for them to offend one of these little ones that believeth on me. And they do it all day long, behind closed doors, and, and like the Catholic priest pedophiles. And then they, they go around in a long flowing garments and, 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 and act like they're so sanctimonious and pious and holier than thou and condescending. And inwardly they're nothing more than whitened sepulchers full of dead man's bones, ravening wolves, ministers of Satan appearing as ministers of righteousness. I'm just so sick of the hypocrisy and them getting away with it. And these are the people at the highest levels of government, of religion. They're the, they're the ones at the, the, the most degenerate, sick, twisted, evil people are the ones that are literally at the helm of planet Earth. I did a whole teaching on, on that, on um, the pedophiles. You can, you can key in and contending for truth, like a 10-part teaching. Huge one on Disney, how, how that's implicated in it as well. You know, I, I'm just, it's time to take it to the next level. You know, and um, let's go ahead and, and, you know, pray about it. But I'm saying Saturday night, uh, maybe after your last meal, you know, and uh, that way, you know, you go, you have whatever, however much time after that, go to bed, you sleep. You know, it's basically a 72-hour fast. Whether you choose to do no water, no food, whether you choose just to do um, um, no food, or however the Lord leads you, but if we're all on the same page doing this together, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited um, about what the Lord is going to do. And, And have faith to believe the Lord is going to do mighty things as a result of this. And, and um, reference this teaching at the start. I give you the, the occult things coming up. You can pray specifically about that. I also mentioned that Kimball Castle um, in Colorado, that Cherokee Castle, where, where the highest of the high supposedly go there to, to uh, sacrifice a newborn infant that night at the summer solstice. I mean, they're the highest of the high. The bushes, from what I heard, the, the, the bushes, the, uh, the top 100 bankers on the planet, which are really the ones that control. I understand Satan controls them, but from a physical standpoint, you know, from an Illuminati standpoint. So anyway, I'm gonna, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time you've given us, Lord. And um, I just pray, Lord, that your will would be done regarding this matter. Uh, I pray you would convict those that need you know, to participate in this, that, that it would be very clear to them, that they would know exactly what type of fasting you want them to do, that you would give us the strength to do this fast, to do it properly, to do it in a way that brings glory to your name, um, to strengthen us, Lord, uh, and, and um, give us wisdom and guidance regarding these matters. I, I pray, uh, Lord God, that, that we be praying regarding the things that the Holy Spirit would convict us about. Because our priorities, Lord, may not be the same as yours. So I just really pray in the Holy Spirit would convict us during this time. And, and, and if there's things that you're trying to deal with us individually about, which I'm sure, <laughs> I know myself, I'm sure there's tons of stuff you'd like to, to straighten out with myself. Well, I pray that that, that is done as well, Lord. And that nothing would be able to hinder this process, Lord. And that you would 
literally hide us, the body of Christ, the, the people that are embarking on this, my listeners, that you would hide us from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue and bend their bow to shoot their arrows, even bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. I'm praying, Lord God, according to Psalm 64, that you would hide us and that you would um, protect us and that um, this time nothing would hinder us and, and, and that you would accomplish your perfect will regarding this, Lord, and that the whole world would know that the Lord, that the hand of Almighty God was moved in whatever way, shape, or form you see fit. I, I humbly ask that you would do that and that you would intervene in these situations, Lord God, regarding all of these sacrifices that are planned, Lord God, for the regarding the infants that are in most likely in the mother's stomachs still that are scheduled to be sacrificed that night on the summer solstice or even anything leading up to that or after that. I pray to God you'd intervene in every one of those situations, Lord. And and um, um, you would spare the life of these babies and, and whoever else might be on the uh, chopping block, Lord, to... to the satanic chopping block, Lord God, to have their life taken. And that no witchcraft would be able to um, prosper, that you would strip every one of these occultists, Lord God, of all of their powers that they have. Every one of them, Lord God. And that the fear of God would fall on them like a thick cloud in the name of Jesus Christ. That they would not be able to operate in this wickedness. That they would know they had been visited by the God of the universe, Lord God, the God the Father Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would know that they would stop this wickedness, that they would be exposed, that you would expose, Lord God, that the people that will not repent of their wickedness, Lord God, that they be destroyed, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of your doing. Because they have shown no mercy, Lord God. If they, if they are incapable of repentance, Lord God, please deal with them, Lord God. And that your name would be glorified through this. And that many would get saved as a result of what you would do regarding this. And I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And, again, that your name be glorified, Lord, and that many would be saved. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray. Uh, amen. One other announcement. Um, I don't know. It's kind of dicey as far as me doing a teaching on Sunday. Because once you start, particularly no water, no food, mm, Usually, even by the first day, the energy isn't that great. So I don't want to do teaching if I'm going to be like Mr. Slow-Mo trying to like gut through a, a, a teaching. <laughs> and and, and um, not to say God can't equip me or empower me. It just may not be his will for me to do. He may want me to concentrate purely on the other, you know. And, and so I don't know if I'm going to get a teaching up this Sunday or Monday, but uh, 
Uh, I'm going to try to prepare it before then, and then afterward I might get another one up. Um, maybe sometime after the fast ends on uh, after Tuesday. So uh, I can't give you a definite schedule right now, but I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. So anyway, God bless all of you, and um, may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you, and thank you for um, um, just listening to this and, and for your consideration of this matter.